2:33 Exalted to the right hand of God he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear we are promised a comforter we are promised an advocate John 14:26 Jesus promises the Holy Spirit but the advocate the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. 1 John 2:25 And this is the promise that he promised us eternal life. And that leads us to why why he does he promises um why does he make promises with people that who believe in him well you know this verse as well as i do john 3:16 for god so loved the world that he gave his only his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life amen amen so we're going to continue today in the series of speaking about God's promises and today we're going to talk about how to enter in how to see God's promise fulfilled in your life no matter what it looks like so i'm going to start off with a quote from John G Lake who was one of the greatest missionaries in history and also he he had a healing revival about a hundred years ago where a hundred thousand people were healed by the power of God and here's what he said Christianity did not come to the world to apologize for its existence or to beg a place to live it came as heaven's champion it has the champion soul so if you are a child of god you you don't have to apologize for who you are you came as a champion the king james calls them dread champions that god is releasing on the earth giant killers heroes that are going to impact and transform the culture and society so i'm going to speak today about one of those champions and giant killers of the bible king david and i'm going to look at some of the psalms that king david wrote to look at how he stepped into the promise of god through very difficult circumstances So Richie read Psalm 143. I'm going to reread the first few verses. Lord, hear my prayer. Listen to my cry from for mercy. In your faithfulness and righteousness come to my relief. Do not bring your servant into judgment, for no one is living as righteous before you. The enemy pursues me. He crushes me to the ground. He makes me dwell in the darkness like those long dead. So my spirit grows faint within me. My heart within me is dismayed. You know what that means? Don't let anyone fool you. Even the most powerful preachers, the greatest role models come to a place where they're being beat down by the enemy, come to a place of weakness. And Pastor George spoke a few weeks ago about Elijah the prophet who called down fire from heaven 
destroyed all the false prophets. Then he got a letter from a woman threatening him, and he got up and ran away for 40 days in fear. See, the Christian life isn't always going from this great thing and now, oh, I'm just, I'm just flowing along and all these great things every day. I'm just walking the blessing. I don't care who you are. I don't care who won't admit it. But as long as you walk on this earth, you're going to go through dry desert seasons times of difficulty, and there's times when God seems far away, where his promises seem like they'll never come true. And that's what I want to speak about today through the, through the words of David. So I'm going to continue in the psalm. I'm going to read verse 5. Here's what King David said at, at the time when he was going through a beatdown. And his spirit was growing faint. He was falling into depression. He said, I remember the days of long ago. I meditate on all your works and consider what your hands have done. In other words, David went to God. He said, I'm going through this horrible time, but I'm going to remember back. I'm going to reflect from the times you showed up. There was a time when David was going to face Goliath. He was this big, crazy giant with a big sword. The guy was like eight feet tall, and he got a sword like eight feet, and nobody wants to face him. And here was David, this kid, and he went up to King Saul and said, I'll face that giant. And you know what the king said? He said, you're too young. You can't beat that giant down. And you know what David said? The same God who saved me when I fought against the lion, the same God who preserved me when, when the bear... When I came against the paw of this big bear, is the same God who's going to save me from that uncircumcised Philistine. He's the same God who's going to give me victory over the giant. What does that mean for us? There's too often we forget. We come into this hard situation and, and we forget all that God's done for us. I know so many of you stories that so many of you, you've faced sickness and you should have been dead a long time ago. You, some of you have told me how you were in a car accident and, and you should have been wiped out. And all of a sudden, you found the hand of God. That some of you, maybe the stuff you went through, you, you should have been in a mental institution. Let, let's get real. Some of you have been through horrible abuse. But God showed up, even when you didn't know him, even when when you had no idea he was there. He was holding you, uplifting you. And what is God saying? If we'll take time and remember what he's done in our past, the time when we couldn't pay the bill and all of a sudden the money showed up, the next time we can't pay the bill, it's time to sit and reflect back on the goodness of God. Number two, I'm going to continue on verse six. Number two is 
we need to draw near to God. David said, I spread out my hands to you. I thirst for you like a parched land. David also wrote Psalm 63. He says, I, on my bed I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night because you are my help. I sing in the shadow of your wings. What is David saying? He was forsaken. There was no one to help him. He was in a bad place in his life. And he says, in the middle of the night. See, that's the worst time, isn't it? When you're going through difficulties, the worst thing, when you wake up at 2, 3 in the morning, and you can't sleep, and you feel alone. And there's nobody to help you. You know what David said? He says, I lay on my bed and I cry out to God. God, I thirst for you. I long for you. In other words, if you can't make it, if there's no one to help you, you need to press into the presence of God. You need, that's the time when you need more than ever to draw near to him. I can't tell you how many days I, and nights I made it through. Just, just putting on worship music and just sitting before the Lord. And all of a sudden, all the depression begins, begins to fade. And God begins to come big. Whatever you're going through, you never run away from God. No matter how far you've fallen, you don't run away. You don't leave the church because you messed up. You run towards God because his arms are wide open. He's, he's there. He's not only here in church. He's in your job when, when your co-worker is tormenting you. He's on the street when you're going into walking down a dangerous place. The Spirit of God is right there with you. And you need to press in. Or you, sometimes it, you're not going to make it. I've seen people fall away because they try to do it on their own. You got to press in. You got to go for more. There's got to be something in you that cries out for more of him. That, that's why we sing those songs. My soul longs for you. There's a God who's there in your time of need. I'm going to go on to verse 8. Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go, for to you I entrust my life. What was David saying? He's saying, I'm going to trust in you, God, no matter what I see. You know what David was going through? His spiritual father, King Saul was out to kill and destroy him because he got a little too popular with the people. He got a little too anointed, and King Saul, his spiritual father, got jealous and, and decided to destroy him, and he hunted him. David had to live in caves. He, he ran for his life. And here's what David said. 
Let the morning bring word of your unfailing love, for I put my trust in you. In other words, here's what spiritual maturity is. Here, here's what it means to grow up. And that's the name of this message is grow up already. We can't, we can't just show up in the church week after week and sing about, God, I trust you. That's what VBS was all about. Remember Vacation Bible School? Oh, we're going to trust God? You know what it means to trust God? It means when I'm going through hell, and it could even be in your own home, everything is breaking out all hell is breaking out but god i'm gonna trust in you and what did david said i'm believing that even in the morning i'm gonna hear good news or in other words it's like pastor mark said before trusting god has to do with expectation see sometimes you could get so hurt and so beat up that that's what you expect you expect the worst that's something that I personally struggle with. Whenever I have to meet someone and they're late, what do I start thinking? Oh, they must have got blessed somewhere. Oh, maybe they got a promotion at work. And, and that no, if, oh, they must have been in an accident. Something bad. That's part of my cultural background, too, being Jewish. Everything is always the worst. The, the most possible negative, horrible thing is what you're going to expect. Oh, the, as soon as I hear forecast, it's going to snow. Oh, that means I can never go out the next week. I'm not going to be out of work. Can't do anything. And then there's no snow. You know, I'm tired of that in my own life. Maybe I need to grow up a little bit. I want to start believing God and expecting the best from God. Because when you expect the worst, that's what you're going to get. I want to increase my expectation. Trusting in God isn't just some concept. It means, God, I believe you that I'm going to make it one more day. I'm expecting, God, that I'm going to have the money to pay the, the rent, the mortgage. I don't see it. I don't know where it is. But God, I've got an expectation in me. David said, I, I'm sitting, I'm hiding here in a cave. These, there's an army out trying to kill me. But God, in the morning, I'm expecting good news. I'm expecting your goodness to begin to show up. In, in verse 9, David said to God, Rescue me from my enemies, O Lord, for I hide myself in you. And in Psalm 57, also written by David, verse 1, Have mercy on me, God, have mercy on me, for in you I take refuge. I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings until the disaster has passed. There's got to be an acknowledgement in you 
that I'm going to live by God's promises, whatever it takes. I'm going to make God my hiding place. He's my resting place. In other words, he is my provision. He's my protection. Do you know that God is everything that you need? There's nothing in this world that you have need of that God doesn't have for you. Do you know when you, when you just feel so empty and lost, You just hide yourself in God. When you feel totally weak, you feel you can't make it one more step, you hide yourself in God's promise. And that's when I begin to war. I don't, I'm not gonna, I don't war against people, but there's a war that goes on in my mind. There's a war in the spirit. I begin to war with God's promises. First of all, if you don't read the Bible, you're not even going to know God's promises. So you better get in the Word. Don't, don't rely on just what you hear here on Sunday. I, I, I'd be dead a long time ago. I'm serious. I, I got to get in the Word. I got to get it in me because I got to keep believing that thing. God says, I will provide all your needs. And when I don't have the finance, I say, God, you said, you promised. See, you got to fight sometimes. Christianity isn't all fun and jumping and laughing. That's the best part of it. But, but some of it is I get into a stance of warfare like David did, like... Um, Jacob in the Bible. You know that the Bible says he wrestled with God all night? He didn't fight against God, but he said, God, you promised to bless me, and I'm not letting go of you until you do. And sometimes that's what you got to do. Sometimes you got to take hold of God and say, God, You promised that you would heal my sickness, that by your stripes we are healed. And you, you begin to war over the promise. You're not fighting against God. You're reminding him. You're contending, just like Jacob did. In other words, like, what did Jacob do? He took hold of God, and he refused to let go. Things don't always just automatically come. Oh, God promised me healing, so I'm just going to keep walking. Sometimes I take that promise and I go to God and I begin to war. I contend for that healing. Sometimes you've got to shake heaven. You know what God told Israel? He said, Give me no rest until I do what I promised I would do. It's, it's not a matter of, well, I, wait, I waited three weeks and God didn't do anything, so Pastor George, forget I won't be here no more. This God, oh, a month went by and God promised me a husband and I didn't meet no one, so forget it, Pastor George. You know what David said? He said in Psalm 37, 
God, I wait for you. I will wait for your promise. However long it takes, I'm going to contend and fight in you. I'm going to be hidden in you. Christianity isn't just, I'm here to receive. Just keep feet. You pray for me. No, you need to start raising up and begin to pray over your own circumstance. Yes, we're happy to pray for you. We're happy to prophesy over you. You can come after church today if you need healing for your body, your emotions. But you've got to reach a place where you're going to contend for your own healing. Contend for the finances. Contend. Fight for your marriage. Fight for your finances. But we fight. We don't fight like the world fights. We fight in the spirit. We contend. I'm going to read now from Psalm 57. Again, written by David. And this, this is the fifth and last point. You know, I don't mind people looking at their watches, but when they start shaking them to see if they're still working, I don't know I'm in trouble here. Did you know, Pastor Mark, there's no scarier feeling in the world than if you think a preacher lost track of the time? No, I got you. This is right here, my last point. Psalm 57, verse 7. Here's what David said. After he had, it tells us in the beginning of Psalm 57 that David wrote it after he had fled from King Saul into the cave. He says, my heart, O God, is steadfast. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and make music. Awake, my soul. Awake, harp and lyre. I will awaken the dawn. That's the, the most powerful word for a mature believer in Jesus. See, what did Paul say in 1 Corinthians 13? He said, when I was a child, I thought like a child. I acted like a child. But now that I grew up, I put aside childish ways. And what a childish way. See, I used to work with kids for 20 years. I was a preschool teacher. And you know what the kids? I want it now. Is it time for a snack? No, I want the snack now. I waited five minutes. Where's the snack? <laughs> oh, no. If you, if you say that again, I'm not going to talk to you ever again. I hear the kids talk. I'm not going to be a friend anymore because you won't share your donut. Sounds just like church to me. Because what did David say? He said, God, let my heart be steadfast. You know what steadfast means? It means no matter what happens, whatever hell throws against me, whatever I go to God, I'm putting your promises, I'm standing on them, and I'm not going to be moved. I'm not leaving. I'm not turning back. 
I'm not renouncing you. I'm not going back out into the world because things aren't going my way. Do you know how many thousands of people I, I've met, seen in churches who worship God? They love to dance and worship. But when trouble came in their life, I'm out of here. Why? Because they weren't steadfast. There's got to be a strength in the Holy Spirit in you that says, I'm standing. See, David raised up some mighty men. And do you know what happened with these mighty men? One of them had a bean field, a lentil bean. You know, like they make that soup. And all the army came and attacked the lentil the, 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 the lentil. Um, now you're mixing me up here. Bert, they get me all confused here. He had a field of lentil beans, and the Philistine, the enemy army, attacked. And this man named Shammai, one of David's disciples, his spiritual sons who learned from David, he, they went into the attack, and when, 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 the, when the guys with, with Shammai saw the enemy army come, you know what they did? They picked up and they ran. And they left Shammai all by himself. And you know what Shammai did? It says he held his ground. He said, maybe that lentil field isn't nothing to you. Maybe to you it's just a pitiful little field. But God gave me that field, and he stood his ground, and he held the sword, it says, until his his hands froze on the sword, and the God, God brought about a great victory that day. You know what it means to be a mature Christian? It means, when, it means that I, I need to still be standing here. If every one of you decide that this stuff is too hard, forget this Jesus stuff, I'm still going to show up every Sunday. I'm still going to walk with God. Whatever God's given me. See, that he defended the lentil field. Some of you, God's given you a family. And you need to determine right now that you're going to be steadfast on God's promise. That no matter what happens, you're not going to run. You're not going to abandon them. You're not going to leave your children, your responsibilities. In Psalm 37... David said, do not be anxious, do not fret, do not be angry when you're waiting on God. Because the danger is that I'm going to live by what I feel. Don't we sing that song, Pastor Ephraim, I'm not going to live by what I feel? You know what that means? It means if I wake up on a Sunday morning and I've got a responsibility, I'm not just going to call and say, I'm not feeling it today. I know I need to be. I, I'm just not feeling to pray. I'm not feeling to do what I said I'm going to do. 
I'm not going to live by my emotions. I'm not going to respond to my anger. But I'm going to hold on to the promises of God who said that he will be with me to the ends of the earth. He said, nothing will by any means harm you. He said, I am the God who heals all of your diseases. He said, God says, I will uphold you by my right hand so you will not fall. You will not stumble. So I know whatever anyone tries to throw at me, you're not going to knock me down. Because there's a God that's holding me up by the power of his hand. And I refuse to be moved. So I'm going to ask the worship team to come. And I want to ask those who are in the prophetic ministry, if you could also come quickly. You're not going to decide, well, maybe I'm not feeling that right now. Just come. Oh, I'm not feeling. Sometimes we just got to move. And here's a challenge that I want to give you today. I'm looking for champions. I'm looking for world changers. I'm looking for those who are saying, I'm growing up. I'm going to mature. And I'm, I'm going to fulfill the destiny on my life. There's a greatness in you. Did you know there's greatness in you? I don't care who put you down, who neglected you, who overlooked you. I'm telling you right now, you've got the Spirit of God, and there's a greatness in you, the destiny, the purpose of God. You're filled with it. So this is the challenge I want to give you. If you're saying, I'm not, I'm going to listen to that words or that song I sing. I'm not going to go by how I feel, but I'm going to stand. I'm going to be a champion. I'm going to be a giant killer. I, I just want to ask you to stand right now. I don't care if there's one of you. If there's just one, you could turn this whole world upside down. God only needs one person whose heart is fully sold out and committed to him. And we're not going to take a lot of time, but I'm just going to ask those who are standing, if you could come forward, and I'm going to ask those in the prophetic team, they're going to begin right now to proclaim God's purpose over you. See, the Bible says there's power and authority in our words. And they're going to begin to decree the champion. So I'm going to ask you in the prophetic team, just begin to call out right now. And again, we don't have time to spend a lot of time. But just begin to decree. See the champion. See the giant killer. See the world changer. And begin to call it out. So I just want to invite you to come. Also, if you're hurting today, 
If you're in that desert, we want to pray for you.